What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 199 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and this week I'm joined by Ash Paulson and Tom Arnold. Welcome, guys. And uh, yeah, it's been a little bit since we've had uh, Tom on, and feels like a long time since we've had Ash on. Yeah, I had uh, the, there was a while there where I was able to be on pretty much every week for again for a good while, and then my work conflicts just kept coming up on Fridays. Fridays tend to be my busiest days in terms of my work schedule, so. It just kept happening that I couldn't join the podcast each Friday. Uh, but then we, today, it's Saturday, so we're doing it <laughs> for once. We're not doing it on Friday. And I was like, oh, I can actually, you know, I have time and, and I my schedule's open. So I always do the podcast whenever I can. But, you know, of course, work has to come first. Uh, but otherwise, I'm always down for the podcast. Yeah, it's... It- it's one of those tricky things, especially with the game club now, where we're just trying to balance everything and trying to that get it too. really taken care yeah. of. Like game club, essentially, we wanted to do Wednesday, but then you know people's schedules get conflicted, and we got to find another time. And then like we were going to do Thursday, then the Xbox showcase was happening, so we couldn't do Thursday, so it had to be Friday. And then by the time we're done with that, we're all kind of worn down to, the, to go right into exactly. the podcast. Yeah. So game club is like a, a second podcast to worry about. Pretty much, except Pretty it's much, longer yeah. and requires more work. <laughs> <laughs> and more we should try. We should we should try to like for a time next week where everyone can be on or at least as many people as possible because it's the big two zero zero man. Yeah, yeah. I'd like that. I'd like to try to get That'd as many cool. people on as possible. Uh, just because, who, man, would not have guessed we've reached two hundred podcasts, two hundred episodes. It's crazy to think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's. I guess I can't even imagine the old ones. That means. Episode wise, we've done it for two and a half years. No, 52, 52 weeks. Yeah, we're almost like four years. We are at four yeah. years of doing this podcast, which is weird to me. That oh, is, it's... I mean, the time flies. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Hoy, but how you been, how you been, Ash? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been been okay. Been very busy. Um, just lots of different stuff going on. Of course, work, and uh, I've got some stuff ramping up at work where we just got uh, funded for a cartoon. I'm going to start producing pretty soon, and um, we've just got just some things are ramping up and in, in busyness at work. And then um, otherwise, my wife and I have actually been we and you guys know we've been do, trying to do this forever. We've been looking at places to move. Um, and that kind of got sidelined by the pandemic because we found a couple of places early, like January, February, then the pandemic happened, kind of sidelined our efforts there. And we recently started looking again and we finally found a place that we, uh, we just signed and got approved. And so we're going to be moving in about a month and we're so, so excited. We got this super beautiful two bed, two bath, uh, like apartment, top floor, corner view. It's awesome. So we're very happy about that. It's a huge upgrade for us. Um, so we're just kind of getting ready to make that big move, uh, at the end of next month. And, uh, otherwise just, you know, trying to sneak in some gaming time here and there. I've been chipping away at Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, having a great time because of course it's a great game. Uh, no surprise there. And, um, Game Club has been taking up a lot of my time as well. Um, especially, God, Thousand Year Door. That was... Like, I knew it was obviously it was a long game. I played it before, but I just didn't, with the aggressive schedule we had, I had no idea just how much of a, you know, time sink it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then Kid Icarus Uprising has been easier, but it's definitely been, you know, a lot to, to do uh, at once. So, yeah. trying to sneak in some Xenoblade time here and there, and, um, yeah, you know, playing Smash with buddies online whenever I can, you know, get them to play, and... Uh, 
trying to think. I've been playing uh, quite a bit of Groove Coaster on Switch, one of my favorite rhythm games. Uh, and I have The Last of Us Part Two, but Xenoblade is just... It's got its got its hooks in me too much. Even though I played it before, I just <laughs> want to keep playing it. So I'm going to get to Last of Us eventually, but right now I'm just all about Xenoblade. I have not had time for any games outside of Game Club. It's I hear you. Not man. happening. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely not happening. But I do want to congratulate you on the new place. Uh, I've been to your current place. You needed a new place. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're. Yeah. it's pretty small. I guess. I yeah, our, our current place is pretty small, and it's definitely served a purpose. You know, it, it the rent was pretty low, so especially splitting that, my wife and I, like, we've been able to live super cheaply, travel all we want, and, you know, basically do everything we want. So it's definitely served its purpose, but we're, we're due for a big upgrade, and uh, we got a really good deal on, you know, on again, like on a top-floor corner view unit with, like, a balcony. So it's definitely an upgrade in, in terms of price as well, but it's worth it in terms of the deal we got. So uh, we're very excited. Two two questions, Ash. Do you have two parking spots? <laughs> we do. Do you have do you have in suite laundry now? Like did you ha- not have in suite laundry before? So yeah, we did not have we we don't have in suite laundry right now and that's been just a horrible, awful thing because the laundry room in our apartment complex more often than not is either closed or just most of the machines don't work. Um, so yeah, one of the biggest things is we have a two parking spaces. It is a tandem space, but you know, it's still two parking spaces. Uh, we also have an in-unit washer and dryer, a fridge with an ice maker and get this filtered water built in to the sink. Oh, wow. That that's, we haven't seen that anywhere of, of all the places we've looked except the one that we finally settled on. So we get filtered water too. Like the, none of these things should be that important, but all taken together, especially in a place like LA, is pretty awesome. It's the little things that do it because you guys have two balconies as well, right? Uh, three actually. Three. So the the each bedroom has its own kind of mini balcony, but then the the main balcony in the living room is like a whole corner outside area where you can put like a little table and a chair out there. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I expect you're probably most excited about the fact that you can actually have an office now. Yes, that's the, that's the other huge thing is that uh, one of the big, biggest reasons we wanted to get a two-bedroom is so I could have an office space and a recording space because as it stands, you know, I, I record Game Explained videos in the same place I eat, in the same place I, you know, watch TV or play games, which is on our sofa and on the, t- on the coffee table. So finally, you know, because like whenever I record like now, my wife has to be super quiet and that's like super annoying. So now we have a second bedroom. We're going to convert that into an office space for both of us, but also a recording studio for me. So I have a proper desk. I can mount my mic finally. I can get a green screen. All these things I've been wanting to do forever. <laughs> I can finally do it. Oh, another desk saga. Yeah. Good luck. I know, Let's hope right? it doesn't yeah, take three find a orders desk. for you. Huh? Let's hope it doesn't take three orders for you to get a desk. I know. That, I remember you had a hard time with that. So. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to get yet. We haven't, you know, quite figured out what our, you know, our visual theme is going to be in terms of the furniture we're getting. But, yeah, it's just a huge upgrade, and we're very excited to kind of start this new chapter. That's awesome. Uh, I'm yeah. really happy for you guys because, you, like I said, I've, I've been at your place. You needed it. <laughs> yeah, plus, yeah. as you guys know, also know, there's always construction going on at this damn building for whatever reason. They're drilling and they're they're hacking away and hammering and chainsawing and whatever just all throughout the day. So not only is it just annoying, it makes it very difficult to reliably record things and not have some sort of banging start halfway through. Mm. Yeah. I, 
It sucks. <laughs> I, I went yeah. by my old building, which had scaffolding around it for a year. And it's a big complex. But there's still scaffolding around different buildings. Oh, God. And it's been yeah. like over two years. Oh, I Yikes. forgot. There's also there's also a uh, complimentary Groundworks cold coffee like self serve bar in the lobby. That's oh just a God. perk of yeah. the building. <laughs> which so is, I mean, Starbucks. you know me exactly. And uh, it is closed right now due to the pandemic, of course, so, uh, as as well as the pool and the gym and stuff. But of course, that'll that'll all reopen in due time. That nothing you can really do about that. Uh, I'm going to say the only thing that's too bad is that E3 is dead, so we'll probably never see your place. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you guys just have to come to L.A. just just to hang out with your good buddy, Ash. Yeah, the Disneyland uh, slash exactly. Ash trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe E3 will be back next year or two years from now. Well, Some we'll see, it. I guess. Yeah. Some yeah. excuse. Yeah, sure exactly. Think of something. But uh, how have you been, Tom? Uh, I've been doing well. It's pretty busy because uh, I was trying to get a trailer set up for Carpoon. Oh, nice! And so nice. that's an, and I used that to get the Steam page approved. So now there's a Steam page for Carpoon, so people can make wish lists. And uh, that was like something on my to-do list for a long time. So I worked with Brandon, our game club editor, on the trailer, and he did a great job. So I was pretty happy with it. That's awesome. I'm yeah. nice, man. You, I know you've yes. been putting in a lot of work on Carpoon. Yeah, so it was uh, a couple weekends of very <laughs> long days and putting. So then after that, I have to catch up on all the other projects. That's the only downside of putting <laughs> things aside. Uh-huh. Yeah, you focus on one thing, and then all of a sudden, all the other things are like out of control. <laughs> yeah, right. It's nice, and uh, so now I was taking a bit of a breather and. Hopefully catch up on some games and stuff. I'm probably going to finish Halo tonight in co-op. So. Nice. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. As for me, uh, I guess I did play Panzer Paladin. I did a review for that for us. And, right. And uh, that, that was a new game we were both excited for, Ash. And I, I did enjoy it. I gave it a like. Uh, but I was... It kind of had this, like, flat, like, good... For me, the entire time, especially with the level choices, it never felt like it. I could see that challenge me at all. And I mean, some people are like, "Hey, I like the fact that we have an easier NES style platform action platform, which is good." My, it's not. I'm not necessarily complaining about the ease. I'm just. I'm, I was more talking about how they didn't really throw that many new things at me platform wise and things to do. It just. It felt it like feels each a bit level, generic. Yeah, almost. each level felt yeah. samey outside of aesthetics. Yeah, exactly. I, I've gotten that sense from what I played so far. I still want to play it because I really enjoy just the aesthetic and the music and stuff. All the music I've heard is great, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like a game that's going to stick with me or be particularly memorable. But yeah, it's definitely not about the difficulty. I mean, there are easy NES style games out there that are at you know the top of their class. Like Shovel Knight is a perfect example. It's pretty easy, at least compared to like you know the really NES hard stuff like your Castlevanias and your Mega Mans and stuff. But you know, it's still a fantastic game despite being a lot easier. Ash, uh, stick with me. It has a hockey stick. No. <laughs> what? One of the it weapons a is a hockey stick. stick. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. The, the okay. First, I've only played like two levels. The first level is Canada, yeah. and it is made by a Canadian team. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so. Now I have to go and go uh, back and play it. By the way, Derek, did you uh, ever finish Shantae 5? 
No, I'm actually been uh, in the middle of I'm in the middle of streaming that right now. Um, oh, nice! I, okay. Every Wednesday I stream Shantae, and every uh, weekend I stream Paper Mario. So I just had my second week of Shantae. I've rescued uh, four of the half genies and found out okay. about the fifth half genie. If you remember that, <laughs> not yes, to give any spoilers. Course. Yeah, um, and uh, that, that that definitely definitely threw me for a loop. The game is stupidly easy, though. <laughs> Oh, it's it's. Re- I think it's probably because of its origins as a mobile game. I guess first and foremost, mm-hmm. that could be why. But yeah, it is like brain dead easy, and that's one of the things I don't like about it. Um, you know, and I do. I did enjoy it overall, but I don't think it quite hits the heights of Pirates Curse for me, no, or possibly even Half Genie Hero. Like I, I'm kind of in the middle on on if I like it more than Half Genie Hero or not. I like the Metroidvania aspect. I like the mystery. That they've actually mm-hmm. established with this one, it's it's pretty interesting. The um, bo- the it's hard to judge the bosses because they seem creative, but they're also done before you know it. So they're not really exactly. It's hard to gauge it because of that. Um, love the aesthetics. I mean, it's, it's definitely probably of the course, best yeah. looking Shantae game up to this game up to this point. Um, I think maybe it's just like the even though it's it's the Metroidvania structure, which is awesome. I don't feel like the world itself is as interesting to explore like so no. much of it is underground that it all kind of blends together for me visually yeah so it's just like it doesn't feel like the, the I, I do it's funny actually in a lot of ways it reminds me of Mega Man Legends because it takes place on this island and you're you know you're spelunking essentially going into all these different you know ancient ruins to find clues as to what's going on and what's happened there and you know as much as i love mega man legends a lot of those dungeons and and underground areas blend together for me too because they all look so similar so Mm. in weird way it does remind me a lot of mega man legends yeah it it does it helps it does get samey especially because every time right before you find a half genie there's risky exactly yeah (laughs) it it, it finds itself in a bit of a repetitious nature the other major yeah. problem, of course, is, that everybody complains about in my uh, stream is, or uh, my chat, is the fact that there's no markers at all for the stuff I you find. I hate that. Yeah. And I've actually, I've done something, I'm doing something I don't normally do for Metroidvanias where usually I get a, you know, new thing I can do. And then I'll go back and, f- you know, find a bunch of things I could do, uh, I can now do with those. But because I can't mark those, I'm just like, nope, I'm getting all my abilities, then I'm doing that, and I can go for a nice, you know, consistent nice finding everything. That way, hopefully, I can actually get 100% on this. Yeah, that well, it's you would think so, but there are certain things you have to find just for 100% that are... I, I guess you're not there yet, so I won't spoil it, but the way you have to find them is, in my opinion just not smart and it mm-hmm. just it's it wastes the player's time Does it so include i thought the i was cards? gonna go for 100 percent, huh does it include the cards no the, well no it, actually not the cards okay. are its own you know, are their own thing that's just grinding and just you know hope hoping the rng gods smile upon you mm-hmm. but there's a certain dance you'll have to use essentially you'll have to use this dance in every room in the game with no <laughs> indication of oh. which rooms you actually have to use it in for certain I, secret I have items all to dances, so is it the uh, oh, okay. so is it the seer dance or is it the earth dance? It's the quake dance, yeah, yeah, the earth dance. So you have to do that literally in every room in the game just in the hopes that something will pop out. I have and had experiences where something all of a sudden one of those nuggets pop out with me after yeah. me using the earth dance. I'm like, oh no. That's exactly it. So unless you use a guide, there's no way to know where those are and you just have to just <laughs> dance everywhere. And it's <sighs> just, yeah, it's weird. There are certain obvious quality of life things that they, that they should have had in that game 
that are that were weirdly overlooked, even mm-hmm. though I do still enjoy the game overall. It feels like a game that should be better than it actually is. Yeah. It's not, I and agree. again, it's not bad. It's not like I'm h- hating my time with it. I'm really enjoying it. It's just there's so many improvements it could have that would make it so much more fun. <laughs> exactly. Totally agree with you. Uh, have you guys got to try uh, Origami King at all? Because I've only played up until uh, Chestnut Valley in my streams, uh, which is basically a little ways into the blue streamer. Uh, have you guys played it all? I have. Not yet. Um, Okay, yeah, I have just because I was playing it through Andre's account during the preview phase, just kind of help him out with some footage and stuff. So I was playing it for about a good week and a half before his preview came out. And uh, I, you're actually already further than me, though. I got to the end of the Red Streamer area, uh, you know, beat the colored pencils. Fantastic dialogue, by the way, especially mm-hmm. for the colored pencils. Um, and <laughs> basically, I'm ready to go to the Blue Streamer area, uh, you know, go in the gondola, meet Babam, uh, all that stuff. But I haven't just gotten back to it yet. I, you should, because you'll immediately love the music that happens in the Blue Streamer area. Oh, I know. Dude, the music already throughout is just so good. I mean, no surprise there. It's Paper Mario, but man, what a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. This is, The soundtrack's great. The graphics are great. The uh, battles are definitely interesting. There's a few times they have arrangements, and I'm like, oh, God, what do, how do I get so these lined up? I'm so bad at those. Like, yeah. the, the, that's the one thing about the game I'm not super super big on are the, are the battles like and it's not even that there are no experience points or anything I can deal with that coins actually have a lot of value in this game mm-hmm. whatever but I just I'm not good at puzzle games really other than Tetris Attack and I just don't enjoy puzzle components to things as much so not only am I not good at the ring system but just having to do it every battle I just kind of get tired of it mm-hmm. unfortunately I, I, I can definitely get that and uh Boss battles are what threw me like, oh my gosh, this is way more than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. No, I thought like, and and before I talked to Andre about this, I thought I was just missing something. But the first time I fought the Earth Elemental, that fight seriously took me like 45 minutes. Oh, really? I was like, am I I just really bad at this or what? And I I talked to Andre about it. He's like, no. He said, and they only get worse from there. He's like, "That, that one took me a long time. And just get ready because they only take longer from there. And I'm like, oh, geez. I I got lucky with that one because I was going for all the Pauls, but then I couldn't get it lined up. And I remember them saying the tail was the weak point before. So I'm like, all right, I can just go ahead and hit the tail. And so I hit the tail Uh before I hit the other two Pauls. And that basically let me just finish off in one go. You go for that oh, tail, it nice. is done. Okay, nice. So, Strangely enough, the colored pencils were much easier. Yes. I beat them in like 15 minutes. I don't know why that is. But yeah, the, the Velamental was way harder in my opinion. I, I'm coming up on the next Velamental, so that's probably what I'm okay. going to be doing as soon as I stream tonight. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good luck. And you haven't played it all yet, Tom? Uh, no, but I want to soon. But I have a question. Would you think Origami King or the original Paper Mario and N64 is better? Oof, that's rough. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know yet. It's too early for me to say with uh, Origami King. But Olivia is fantastic. And so far, there's been enough story in here to keep me intrigued. Like, yeah, Bobby isn't actually a partner in any real sense he does a little bit um but his story his his whole thing is oddly engaging so i want to see more and see how it goes from there but it's 
Origami King's leaving me leaving me with a very good first impression. I think I might enjoy it more than Color Splash. Oh, that's good. Nice. I'm kind of in the middle on it yet. Like I, I, I definitely like it, but I don't know if I like it more than Color Splash yet. And in terms of comparing it to the original, I, I feel like there are things Origami King really excels at, like the soundtrack and the characters and the dialogue and, and stuff. But again, the battle system, I'm just not feeling it. And so I think I probably would prefer the gameplay of 64 more. So it may... I don't know. I, I guess on, on on the surface, I would say 64 is better. But again, I've only played through like, what, a sixth of Origami King. So mm-hmm. I really can't yeah. say, to be fair. So I, I should probably hold my opinions until I've actually finished Origami King. But I can already tell you it's, you know, after having replayed Thousand Year Door recently for Game Club, Origami King has a huge mountain to climb for me to <laughs> like it as much as that. And well, I don't it, think it's, it's already gonna not going to do it just because of the puzzle focus for the battles. That's true too. Yeah, it, it's just not going to do that for you. Um, right now, if it was if, but, if the puzzle, if the battles were actually puzzle league, then you'd be in good shape. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like as much as I like the toads, like their their one liners are really cute. I just like the toads are great. They're never going to get old. But like one of the things that, especially in hindsight, makes Thousand Year Door so special is the fact that it doesn't lean on the Mushroom Kingdom so heavily. It has all those unique characters, and those unique characters have their own stories throughout the, that evolve throughout the game. So it's just, especially in hindsight, with Nintendo doubling down on only having Mario Universe characters, except in rare circumstances, it just makes Thousand Year Door feel that much more singular. Mm-hmm. That okay. said, Olivia is a really strong character Olivia, so far. Yeah. I really, I really like what I've seen of her so far. I don't quite get why she's as popular as she is yet, but it's probably because I'm just not far the, enough yet. There's something about her innocence, uh, the okay, fact that just yeah. everything is so new to her, so her reactions to it is, are immediately just endearing. Right. I, I think no, that's I, I've thing. definitely noticed that. And she has this very optimistic curiosity about her. And she's very genuine, and like when when something sad or, or negative happens, she really she takes it per, like takes it to heart. Like everything, she is very wide eyed and 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 innocent, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like when Bobby, you're talking to Bobby in the gondola when you first meet him, and he's trying to act all cool about not wanting to join. It's like, nah, I don't need to <laughs> yeah. join. And she's like, okay, and just leaves him hanging. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so. I, I watched Andre's video about like about, about what happens if he just keeps saying no. That's oh, one yeah. of the funniest sequences I think I've seen. It is so awkward too. Like I'm, I'm so, doing, I'm doing it for the chat, and I'm just middle. like, oh, this is this is awkward. I, I'm like, yeah. almost disliking it because I just feel bad. It's so good because like and, and then every time Mario says no, Olivia is just floating there in the middle with this sad look on her face like she knows how awkward it is, but she doesn't she doesn't feel like she can do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm enjoying these the games I have uh, lined up for streams and uh, where it's going to go from there. Uh, so a lot of fun. In the in the meantime, I have been able to get uh, some further work done on uh, the Metroid movie project. Um, right. And uh, I, I'm actually really happy with how little I have to gather from other people now. <laughs> Basically, I just need uh, one more voice actor's lines, all their lines, pop those in, and all it comes down to is me just um, putting all the uh, visuals in and then scoring it with the, you know having the right music at the right time to make sure it's all good. And it should be relative. I, I really do think if things go smoothly, I can have it done before the end of August, which would be nice, huge man. for me. <laughs> I know. Well, That's hey, awesome. good luck finishing it and all the power to you. And 
You know, definitely ignore the naysayers like that one guy that I retweeted you on Twitter about. That he, I, I don't even know. <laughs> Which is know such what a weird thing about. that, like, uh, like a Metroid movie can't work is like, no, any yeah. concept can work. Stop. You can make Just it stop. work. It's like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, ugh. anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else going on with you guys' lives, or should we move on to uh, news topics? I don't think I'm, I'm good. I'm ready for news. All right. So first bit of news, which is uh, really nice to see, honestly. Uh, Viz Media has announced that they are releasing the English translation of the Iwata book uh, in spring 2021, both uh, digital and physical. And that's the book we've heard about where there's all these, um, I think, anecdotes and stuff like that about Iwata, people's remembers. Um it says, uh, Ask Awada invites you to learn more about the president, the game developer, and gamer who forever changed the video game industry as we know it. Expect to find interviews, conversations, and tears. So, Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I will be getting that day one. I, I'm so glad it's being localized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be definitely picking this up. It'll, that's going to be a very interesting read. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. yeah. I'm very happy we're getting that localized. I th- apparently, there was a ton of demand, which, yeah, makes sense. I would, you'd think so, yeah. No, and I just, uh, you know, anything more I can learn about Iwata. He was such a unique, incredible person. Um, I just, yeah, I'd love to, anything more I can learn about him and, and, you know, learn about what people, what his friends and fellow developers thought of him. Any inside view I can get into his life and just who he was, I think is incredibly valuable. Uh, because he's just he was so amazing mm-hmm. um yeah there was i remember remember when he had that heart of a gamer talk and i remember one indie developer being super critical of him saying he like ripped the heart of an indie developer like out of his chest or something and that was what he was holding i'm like what Jeez. And, and so i was kind of like uh at the time it's like is he like like a cutthroat businessman or something and then you hear more and more stories later on it's just maybe nintendo wasn't the friendliest to indie developers at that period of time but everything he's done in his career including up to the point where like he took a pay cut so they could keep nintendo staff on board and not let people go during tough Mm -hmm. times like that is like a standout moment for me or helping on the original smash brothers like in a last minute kind of programming Issues, oh, it was on uh, Melee. Even though he was like a president at the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and effectively doubling the, the size of the game world in Pokemon Gold and Silver with his, you know, technical programming wizardry. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd I love to hear amazing. more anecdotes about that because how he helped out on Earthbound and just all these yeah. other And Earthbound. Earthbound wouldn't content. exist as it does today without him. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, I think I read one recently about how after university to hold his dad that he was going to join a small company with five people <laughs> and that's like a major no-no yeah <laughs> oh boy someone in japan just like my japanese father was not happy or something like that. i think he didn't talk to him for like half a year or something his, wow. his dad refused to talk to him for like half a year because he was not following in the footsteps that was <clears throat> were, were expected of him i guess mm-hmm. yeah showed him <laughs> yeah that's for sure um, it, it, that pay cut is interesting too because a bit, uh, other bit of stuff that came out was uh, f- more Nintendo financials, and they actually talked about the um, 
pay rate of a lot of their executives and uh, pre- you know president right now, which I think is still pretty modest. Like you know, the, granted they're making millions, but it's it's I don't think it's in the double digit millions. I think it's still just like. Maybe five, six million. I can't. I don't have it in front of me. I just remembering it. I think offhand. It was like two point seven five, and maybe Miyamoto. Is I think it was closer to that, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And the thing is, that's their base salary, but they don't have the same bonus structure that someone like Bobby Kotick does at Activision, where he can make like over thirty million or right. sixty million dollars. It really does show like the this, the difference in uh, you know culture there and philosophy and culture and yeah, I guys, hear you. like the fact that. Kotek wouldn't take a pay cut to keep on developers. Of course not. No, you know, they, I mean, it, it's yeah, such they, a yeah. Um, it's 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 uh, such a rare quality. It really is, and I, uh, I, you're just kind of blown away by it. And I think the um, this average salary they said is about eighty thousand a year for Nintendo yep. employees, which you know that takes into account the the big wigs as well. So it's hard to say exactly what everybody's making, but that's still a pretty good. Uh, annual salary and yeah uh, no it's it's certainly yeah I, and uh in japan that's i think that's quite livable mm-hmm. i actually uh spoke to uh, a receptionist when i was uh, went to nintendo in um uh, san francisco their offices uh oh, yeah. so i could try out pokemon mystery dungeon uh, that was earlier this year and i was talking to the receptionist receptionist there and she was just talking about like she knows she definitely knows nothing about games but she really enjoys working for nintendo cuz they're just the benefits are great the uh, nice. the you know the pay raise the pays pretty good all the people are really nice like she really enjoyed her job and just loved it like it really seems like super nice to work at nintendo yeah, I've definitely um, I, I've applied a couple of times, and and uh, you know it would certainly still be interested in working there, especially Treehouse. But it's just never been quite. It hasn't ever felt like quite the right time in terms of like we you know having to move to Washington, and it just hasn't quite felt right. But like I I still would like to, um, you know, possibly because I love Nintendo. So who knows? Yeah, never know. But, uh, well, let's move on. And the next bit of news we got here is uh, officially officially announced. The Sonic movie sequel will, become, will be coming April 2022. I can't wait. <laughs> I, 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 it's way past cool. All the Sonic references, you know, whatever you want. Whatever Sonic references you want to say about that in, in support of this movie coming out. So, so surprisingly soon. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very curious what they're going to do here because it feels like the end of the first one is just like okay, we brought in normal people, we got them invested in Sonic. Let's dive into the lore. <laughs> That's what it feels right. like to me. I really, really, really hope more than anything that you know. Obviously, Tails is going to be a huge part of this movie. We know that from the end of the first movie. I just hope that they keep his voice actor the same as the one from the games, like they did at, in the teaser at the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Don't replace him. Like Tails sounds perfect as he is. Yeah, they're probably going to replace him. Let's be honest. I know. <laughs> uh, but, it you feels know, like it's just not, like it's just a single line. Let's toss her in. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, maybe if they had the foresight though to use her for that line in the, you know. They know Sonic fans are crazy, right? Everyone knows Sonic fans are can be a little intense, and that's that's putting it really mildly sometimes. But so they, I don't think they would do that, knowing that all the Sonic fans are going to immediately pick up on that and then just throw her out for some 
you know, big celebrity replacement. That just doesn't seem like something. Maybe, but they then you look at who's do. voicing, who's actually vo- voicing Sonic. I mean, not like Ben Schwartz is a huge name, but it's still different right. from. It's still a celebrity compared to. True. Um, true. What is it? Roger Craig Smith, I think it is. Yeah, Roger Craig Smith, and then Ryan Drummond before him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's true. I, I, just, I just only like if they hadn't had Tails speak in, in the first movie, then I, I would think, yeah, it's going to be a celebrity. But just because they set that, they established that baseline. It just feels like it would be so weird if then they pivoted to someone else. But you're right. I mean, they'll probably get a sound-alike or somebody who doesn't sound too different from Tails' actual voice actor, but is, you know, a bigger name, I guess. Mm-hmm. Here's the big question. Obviously, we're getting Tails. Are we getting Knuckles? Oh, we no. have to be. Uh, maybe we at the have end of the be. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe at the end. Or, you know, we already saw from the beginning of the first movie that the, you know, they referenced the Echidna tribe immediately. Mm-hmm. So... You know, maybe, yeah. I, what I think is going to happen, this is just completely in my own head, but what I've been thinking might happen is that uh, we're going to find out that Knuckles was indirectly responsible for, is it Longclaw? Longclaw's death. Like, I feel like we're going to find out that one of the echidnas who was, like, chasing them, and maybe even the one that, that shoots her at the beginning, maybe it's Knuckles. And so that that could set up a really interesting interplay where Knuckles, as usual, didn't know what he was doing, but just doing what he was told. <laughs> they they and, could you know, go that down that sets route. up a conflict. My thought is time flows different, differently in that realm, so mm-hmm. more time has passed and the, and the echidnas are now gone. <laughs> That's true, too. That could be, and Knuckles is the only remaining one. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have that. Uh, will they have Amy Rose? <laughs> will Metal That's... Sonic be a thing? Will Shadow be a thing? Like, Who knows? What more yeah. elements are, gonna ta- are they going to take for this second movie? <laughs> it's like Jim Carrey or Eggman genetically... Engineers a hedgehog to go up against Sonic, maybe. Yeah, that Shadow. could be. Yeah, like That's Shadow creates Shadow. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, all I know for sure is Jim Carrey's going to be awesome in it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to see him return as Eggman. Oh man, what what a what a great performance! Fully unleashed Eggman too <laughs> with that costume. Exactly. Yeah. No, like now he gets to really go go all in on the on the Eggman persona, and uh, I'm very very excited about this movie. Mm. I'm. We'll have to see how that first trailer looks. Whatever. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> right. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see how the movie theater situation looks. Yeah, that's another good point. That's true too. God. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I miss going to the movies. I miss going anywhere. Yeah. I, I miss going to the movies. I miss going out to, you know, to like bars or to even to, to like to arcades or, you know, Basola and I will go to trance clubs because she works in the trance music scene. I miss that. I just miss being able to go out, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, one of the nice things that uh, Amy and I could always do was we'd have uh, there was a I forget what it's, it's, it's basically called Cinema Cafe and we could. um get dinner in a movie like they serve dinner you have dinner and it's decent food and watch the movie as you're eating and it's really comfy seats like it was just a really fun nice. easy date night where we got to watch a bunch of movies and i miss being able to do that <laughs> yeah same and i mean i miss also travel like i miss being able to travel and not only can we not travel right now you know thanks to trump we become the coronavirus capital of the world and mm-hmm. nobody wants us nobody will take us so we can't even like not only is travel still kind of shut down but it's especially shut down for us because who's going to want to take us we're you know yeah. we're the most infected we're nation disease in the ridden world. Idi- idiots <laughs> yeah, exactly so like i miss being able to go to japan and you know go to europe and uh, i just miss traveling 
Well, no Japan for me either, too, so far this year, Ash. So. Right, I, I know, it. yeah. Mm. That's rough, Tom. Hopefully hopefully next year we can yeah. get things back on track, uh, Hope I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. There was like a million new cases in the States in 15 days or something. To yeah. Be Jesus. It's going to uh, At least, well, you know. I mean, he's late and he's doing it for the wrong reasons, but at least he is telling people to wear a mask now. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's I will true, take and... that very... Very small victory. We'll see people. Actually I mean, he's listen. only doing it because he has to. But you know, I guess he can say that he did make America number one at something, and that <laughs> is infection and disease. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> I, well, uh, tell me, Ash, are you? Do you miss uh, Jet Set Radio as well? Oh, who doesn't miss Jet Set Radio? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Bomb Rush Cyberfunk? The little teaser that went out for it. So I actually have heard about this, but I it just got lost in all the other news that happened this week, and I have not checked out the actual trailer, but I do know that the, that the composer is on board. Yes, it is a yeah. small, like, 15, 20-second teaser, really, just showing the art style, some of the music, just give the overall vibe. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is essentially Jet Set Radio, finally nice. being done. And uh, I have not really played the games at all, but when I, I and I didn't know that the compo- the composer of Jet Set Radio was one there as well until later, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is way more my radio radar now because I know people exactly. rave about Jet Set Radio's um, soundtrack. Yeah, no, like Hideki Naganuma's style is so specific; you can hear it from a mile away. And I don't think that a game that's supposed to evoke Jet Set Radio could possibly have done so without his involvement because it's just he has that specific sound you hear it in sonic rush as well that just it, it kind of just has he has that specific sound that you associate with with jet set radio and yeah i don't think they could have gotten this done without him Mm-mm. yeah what was funny is that he, uh, he was showing up on twitter more um in like the month leading up to the announcement and i guess that was just planned to be <laughs> more out there or ma- mm-hmm. and for this announcement and it's made by the developers that did lethal league and i always thought that style would be perfect for or basically like the closest thing to jet set radio that i've seen in a game uh so it's great that those are the guys making this mm-hmm. yeah i've never seen i've never heard of lethal league i'll have to check it out it's like a it's a cool sort of indie fighting game where there's a ball that floats around and you're basically you can go anywhere in the arena and you are hitting the ball back and forth against your friend and if you it's sort of like you know going against Ganon in uh, Ocarina of Time and you're bouncing a ball back and forth but way more arcadey. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, I, I heard cool. the name but I not really watched gameplay but uh, didn't hear bad things so yeah I'm all about it like it, it's. The, it's, if these revivals work, they really work, as we saw with you know Bloodstained. Uh, you know, they, right. it's it's cool to see, um, and you don't really see these kind of uh, re envisionings work as well with 3D games. So I, I'm I have high hopes for Bomb Rush Cyberfunk and hope you know that it turns out well. Uh, I mean, it even has the exact same syllabic construction in, in the title: Jet Set Radio Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Like, I'd like to think that's on mm-hmm. purpose too. There, it there's probably graffiti. Is. There's graffiti and there's dancing. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. just needs a cop with a giant gun and a huge <laughs> pomodoro, whatever it is, chasing after you. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. By also beginning a well, 
it's been announced, but it hasn't gone live yet on Kickstarter to show off this stuff. But yeah, that whole uh, the Suicoden key members of the Suicoden team getting together right. for the, their new Kickstarter game. That's basically I think it's like a Ewan Chronicles or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I know, yeah, the, the Suicoden fan base is very excited about that, as they should be. Mm-hmm. I have not personally played any, any of the Suicoden games. I know I should. Um, it, it's been told to me many times that I really needed to play Suicoden 2. I just never got around to it. Yeah, I picked up both Suicoden 1 and 2, but I've not had a chance to play them. But they're mm-hmm. on the docket at some point. <laughs> at some point, when they're 60, 70 years old. Yeah, exactly. Retired and able to actually play games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just make it a stream choice. Yeah, I could. We could make it on. I we we could make it for, available for Game Club mainly because uh, it. I think it is on PS3 now, like the PSN. Yeah. Sadly, though, I think it would have about the same chances of ever winning that Parasite Eve did. So yeah, <laughs> I don't God think Harold. it would ever. Or God Hand. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I don't realistically think that anything other than Nintendo games are going to probably ever win unless, unless we, just unless we have like setups enough. we have to do those limited rules and oh that's true that we, we actually about. make the only choice yeah like a theme months like yeah sony mm-hmm. september or whatever that said i'm yeah. i'm surprised how well Duncan rampa is keeping up with uh skyward sword you know that's true i did i forgot it's yeah. actually like it looked like it was going to win there for a bit until skyward sword ultimately just kind of ran away with it but mm-hmm. yeah i did not expect Duncan rampa to be such a strong second it, it still yes. has a chance because it, the, the voting ends for the primary stuff like to see if it uh how it shakes out at uh eight o'clock eastern tonight um okay and uh we'll see if at uh uh We'll see if uh, when it's down to just Skyward and Danganronpa, which one wins. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's true. We'll see if people just want to see everybody dealing with a non-Nintendo game, what their reactions would be, or if Skyward Sword will take flight. <laughs> nice, nah, nice. I see what you did there. Uh, well, returning to Nintendo, uh, they have. I don't know. It's. I. It's hard to tell whether it's from the earlier. Uh, leak that happened with all their source codes and stuff, or this is a completely new one. Either way, uh, we have some more early game prototypes uh, for a bunch of classic games, uh, including Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Kart, and Star Fox. And there's a lot of crazy things coming out there. Like, uh, one one of the prototypes for Mario World 2, which was called Super Donkey, has a completely different character but he has a stomp that sends out these white clouds with like teeth which is very reminiscent of the boot animation in super mario maker which is like hey that's where that came from uh there's a uh sprite of luigi giving the middle finger (laughs) so that's something Oh, i I had missed that one nice yeah there's that there's a human uh, a female character in star fox 2 Right. Which is uh, very odd. Um, there is the early designs for Yoshi. You can, like, see him become what he actually d- does, where he's, like, more dinosaurish as they go along. Um, I think there's other ones as well where... Because uh, I, I, more and more is still coming out as people are going through this and looking at it. Um, what was the one I saw today? Like, they, they found much more expressive artwork of the Star Fox crew reacting to things going wrong. Like where they're all freaking out. Yeah. Oh, and okay. There's yeah. I, I saw. I've seen a lot of this going into it because it's such an interesting leak from a from a historical perspective. But some of the stuff you're saying I hadn't seen yet, so I definitely have to kind of sit down and take some time and go through everything. Mm-hmm. Like it is. 
really fascinating stuff. I imagine Nintendo's not exactly happy that all this stuff is out there, but no, I'm sure they aren't. But gaming history, this is a gold mine. <laughs> it yeah. really is, and I mean, you know, of course, I don't. I'm I'm not a you know company person or a businessman or whatever. But like, I don't see what damage this stuff being out there does to them necessarily because it's just it's just historical it's just interesting to see where well the luigi might <laughs> okay luigi notwithstanding that's fair I, and i still wonder what the story is behind that uh i did when i was doing my update they had a list of like what was shown and one was from a, de- a specific developer so i almost wonder if that developer was like yeah it would be funny to have luigi flick people off <laughs> Yeah, you, you know how you've heard about rogue developers hiding things and prototypes or in the main final game, that kind of thing, and it's just like what's found was something that was found is my guess anyway. Yeah, um, one thing I saw recently was Dylan Cuthbert, who kind of helped create Star Fox. He was seeing some things posted, and he's like, "How did they get my super old tool from thirty years ago <laughs> for like dialogue or something like that?" It's like. Could you guys please find if uh, my old game X is in that source code somewhere, like <laughs> in one of these leaked things? And he also asked, like, can you guys stop trying to find the F word in comments? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's some good. of this stuff is just so interesting. Early Link sprites from A Link to the Past. And I actually, I watched the video of the uh, Yoshi's Island prototype, and it was, like, equally fascinating and a little unsettling to, to see Yoshi's Island but with like Super Mario World graphics and sound effects it was just so weird to see mm-hmm. yeah prototyping it's just getting yeah. what yeah. you can there like as quick as possible to go through different gameplay types and just like Mario crawling and crying apparently instead of floating away so. yeah exactly yeah they have, they have like uh, the monkey from Yoshi's Island uh, looking like more like DK. <laughs> like same head, but the body's more like DK with the tie and everything. It's weird. It's so weird. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Nintendo's not happy, but again, gold mine. Gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's uh, just, I, I'd love to see more stuff get leaked. I mean, I know Nintendo would, would rather it not, but just this stuff is so interesting to me from a historical perspective. Mm hmm. Uh, well, that's all right, because fans weren't exactly happy with Nintendo, too, because they had way bigger expectations for the Direct Mini uh, this week that's for sure. than uh, was actually there. Plus, we also got the Xbox Showcase, which we did talk a little bit about since we did stream it um, for both of these. But, uh, yeah, the reactions to Direct Mini, which, hey, I, I think it's cool that Shimigami Tensei fans are finally getting a bone th- thrown to them after the uh, how sure. Persona took over. Um it is weird that if Sakuna of Rice of Ruin didn't get a showcase or Atelier because that was a weird thing is that the Atelier Ryza 2 was only featured in the Japanese one. And yet I got an, a press release from the developers like after the, the mini direct. So weird. Yeah. It, it's funny. I don't know where this where this started or where it came from, but there's like a whole bunch of people, at least on like GameFAQs and I think 4chan maybe it originated from, that actually believe that Ryza is going to be the next Smash Fighters Pass 2 character, which is never going to oh, happen. It, it's, like, I don't know if that was started as a joke and then some people started taking it seriously because it maybe. just a letter falls out of a mailbox and it has the red stamp in the middle. People not realizing that a stamp in the middle is a common thing in the old letters. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, not that I have anything against Atelier whatsoever, but do you really think an Atelier character is going to be in Smash? I mean, come on. Yeah, really. So, you uh, know, 
But uh, but no, that's what's so funny is uh, Sakuna was by far, in my opinion at least, the most interesting game they showed in either Direct Mini, but it was only in the Japanese one. Everything we saw in the in the Western one was so much less interesting. Yep. Um, See, I mean, I yawned right there just because of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the expectation of audiences, like, who are these... Uh, North American or Western gamers that they're trying to tailor the uh, North American Direct Mini to? Like, where are they? Yeah. I mean, they have this, you know, got something for the wrestling fans, got something for the Shimagami Tensei fans. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I am glad that we finally, three years later, got an update on Shimagami Tensei 5 in the form of that trailer. But mm-hmm. I, do, I do find it funny that we're getting a remake of 3 before five arrives which honestly is is seems like a smart move especially because it's raised that interest it's got something that out there early it has that sort of cult status and the big thing is they're adding an easy mode uh which i hear the game kind of needs it is not beginner friendly at all and it's the game will kick your butt I think that's true of the series in general. I've, I've always heard that the you know the main Shin Megami Tensei series is pretty has a pretty high barrier of entry in terms of difficulty, mm-hmm. and you know and and so which is fine. But uh, I think it's good that they're going to add an easy mode, maybe to help more players get into it. And I'm sure they're going to be the the you know the core hardcore gatekeeper fans who are like that's this is ruining what Shin Megami Tensei is. Get good noob and all that fun. I think know, there's stuff. like a few, but not many, because I think Shin Megami Tensei fans are more desperate to just like, hey, care just about this too, not just Persona. Yeah, <laughs> not just Persona, exactly. So yeah, I think it's a great, great uh, decision to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check it out. I think it'd be a lot of fun because I, I mean, I played Shin Megami Tensei four a little bit. I died in the tutorial. Stop playing. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so. I did the art book for that game for Udon, and that's the only reason I know the, the, like the story of it and how it plays out. It's actually a fantastic story. Oh, I hear that. I hear the stories are almost good, as good as, if not better, than Persona. Yeah, from what I saw of four, just doing through the art book alone, I was just wow. This story is really, really interesting. That's awesome. Uh, we'll see what comes of it. But uh, do we have anything else we want to say about the Xbox showcase or? Like, we kind of gave our thoughts. I like, mean, what did you think, Tom? You weren't there. I was there. I was at the Oh, right. You there. were there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ow. I keep insulting you by accident, Tom, because I like <laughs> car, car development. Uh, games involving cars are easy to develop. You weren't there, Tom. was like, oh, God. Right. It's okay, Derek. Uh, see, uh, I think the worst one was one time Andre uh, was talking about a long-distance relationship. Uh-huh. And he was about to say, you wouldn't understand. And I think he was like, he got to U, and maybe he was about to say the W, and then <laughs> caught himself. He's like, oh, wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. You would understand That's... more than most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that, um, that reminds Just back to the Xbox, I would say maybe I was a little harder on them than I thought. Like, I did give them the COVID kind of free pass but also hearing more about the obsidian game like clearly that uh, developer acquisition is paying off for xbox right now and there's a lot of people excited for it it's just games like if you have that obsidian and uh fable that's those are three probably pretty big games like that being halo it's just that from a console mostly console guys perspective i kind of just see halo mostly and I'm like, where are the other games that like in the PlayStation showcase that are more titles that I'd want to play? That's all. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's that's what kind of 
gets it for me is like I, I will be the first person to be like, hey, man, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Give people a break. Like, come on. Yeah. That's way more important. But seeing what Sony was able to do just last month with the yeah. PS5 event and, and it delivered in so many ways and they actually showed gameplay and they had an interesting, diverse lineup of games like it's very hard for me to let Microsoft slide with that excuse because Sony was working under the same, you know, pandemic restrictions. So it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm all about allowing for COVID, but I don't, you know, both of the conference, both of the uh, presentations happened during the height of COVID and Sony's was just way better in every way. So I don't know. It just feels like Microsoft is really bad at reading the room, I guess, because you would think that after after Sony came out swinging, and I mean swinging yeah. with that PS5 event and all that gameplay and all those games, you would think Microsoft would understand that for Xbox Series X to make the best first possible impression, they got to come out swinging too with lots of games and even more gameplay. And they did the opposite. Less games, less diversity in the games, and almost no gameplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have like, loved to see gameplay for the Rare game. I yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how it just, plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, we've they've kind of teased it before. You can show gameplay this time around, especially if it's going to be this year. But because of that, and because it's rare, I'm going to guess not this year. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Right. I mean, and like Everwild, Everwild could have been Microsoft's Kina. Like, you know, if, if Sony hadn't shown Kina Kina's gameplay during that uh, during that their presentation. I think a lot of people would feel about that the way they do about Everwild, which is, man, this looks like it could be really cool, but I don't know how it plays, so I don't know how interested I am. But yeah. with Kina, we got a new IP introduced along with gameplay, and immediately everyone's like, wow, I'm paying attention to this. This looks cool. And mm-hmm. that's what Microsoft needed to do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. It's, it's just a, I don't know why they're so averse to gameplay. It's it's very it's it's certainly troubling, and I mean it 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 definitely doesn't engender a lot of confidence uh, in Xbox Series X game development, at least to me. I will say though, Halo Infinite looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a Halo fan, but I think it looks great. And John seemed very happy with it. Andre seemed happy with it as well, and they're both big Halo fans. So if they're happy with it, I trust that it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, the weird line from Phil Spencer saying the most consistently powerful console. It's like, what? Oh yeah, yeah. I, they they're yeah. always trying to use those technicalities to be like, this is how we're better. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll never get over the whole. You know, we have the best pixels, the biggest, and the whatever. I think they said we have like the, the best pixels in, in the industry, and it's like pixels are pixels. Shut up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, pretty much, but uh, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. We'll see what comes yep. of it. In the meantime, we have some uh, topics here from our patrons. And as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us over uh, over on Patreon. Get these podcasts usually three days early every Friday. Uh, we're trying to be better about that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, as well as uh, being able to offer up uh, topics like the ones, ones we have here. So, uh, Ash, it's been a while since you've been on. Let's start with you. Um. Okay. Well, should we? Because mine's <clears throat> much simpler than than yours is. That yours and Tom's is. Uh, yeah, I guess we can. I, we can start with mine then, if we want to do that. Okay. All right. So mine comes from Gentleman Gamer, who says it's really interesting as a newcomer to both uh, to both series to see what makes Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest so great. 
Final Fantasy seems to reinvent itself to varying degrees with each installment. This one, on the one hand, seems to always annoy uh, some subsection of the fan base, but every game in the series seems to be someone's favorite because of said changes. I personally love 13 and 15, for example, but others were very disappointed by both. On the other hand, Dragon Quest seems remains very similar in a gameplay sense between every release. Some may see this as a being stagnant, but others appreciate the consistency and quality present between each release because they're not always reinventing themselves. Both methods of uh, series development have their merits, but I'm curious, which one do you prefer? And what are some series out there you think could do with more consistency or experimentation? Uh, that's all for me. Have a great weekend. And I thought this was very interesting because it, it is a good way to point out kind of the differences between Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy uh, and how each one kind of works. Um, but as far as uh, one, which one I prefer, honestly, I think I like consi- like cons- consistently consistency with variation. Like, here's the consistent idea. Let's iterate that on that and make it, make it better. I think that's kind of what impresses me more or gets me more invested because I think experimentation... And my mind immediately goes to Sonic, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> what about hmm. you guys? I mean, this could really go either way. I think there there's <clears throat> good and bad to say about both approaches. But first of all, I just want to want to uh, just say, gentlemen, gamer, cheers for your great taste. You like 13 and 15, uh, especially on the 13 part. FF13 is awesome, and and so many people don't get it. And so I don't get. Thank it. you for being awesome and loving 13. Yeah, Derek is not awesome. He doesn't get why 13 so great. You, gentlemen gamer, are awesome. So thank you for that. No, um, I think they both have their merits. I, I I cited Dragon Quest 11s as my game of the year last year, and it it absolutely was. And but it's also an incredibly safe, conservative game from a design uh, from a design approach. It's you know it, it it takes what the series has has done and just iterates on it further, and it doesn't really push the envelope. It's a very safe game, and yet it was my favorite game of the year. So, you know, there is something to be said for iterating and, and taking a conservative approach to to game design and just doing what has worked before, but even better. It's worked for Mega Man. It's worked for Mega Man X. It's, you know, it's worked for so many different uh, series over the years. But at the same time, one of the things I love about Final Fantasy and one of the things I think a lot of people who say they're Final Fantasy fans don't get about this series is that that's what makes it special. The fact that they do reinvent the wheel with every new game, at least after, you know, I would say five or six, uh, maybe four, um, that's part of what makes it so appealing is that you don't really ever know what you're going to get with a new Final Fantasy game. And, and that's, unfortunately, that means that not every game is going to uh, to appease everyone, everyone in the fan base. But I also think there's beauty in that. Like, I don't like FF12 at all. I can't, well, I can't, well, I can't stand it, but I just don't enjoy it. I don't think it's as good as most of the other games in the series, but that's okay. I bounced off of it, and a lot of other people loved it. Same thing with 13 and the opposite. So I think it's more interesting in a way, too, when, you know, games kind of reinvent reinvent the series they're from with every new release. But you do run the risk of alienating longtime fans who may have certain expectations based on previous games. So as to what I pref- which one I prefer, I guess I'm, I'll lean on, on the side of conservative like the conservative approach just because i think the idea of innovation is a little oversold in games like innovation is very important and obviously i love when games innovate but i don't think that there's any harm or 
anything and and taking what has been done very well before and just making it even better and putting your own little twist on it. That's, you know, obviously I'm a huge Mega Man fan and Mega Man's <laughs> known for that. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's okay to not innovate and just be really good at doing what has come before. And I think that can result in just as great a game uh, and award-worthy a game as the most innovative thing out there. What do you think, Tom? Uh, I would say I respect Final Fantasy for always trying to reinvent itself every series. Um, but I'd almost say that maybe you're better off keeping your mainline series consistent and doing small iterations. Well taking wild swings with maybe a spin-off game mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. dragon quest builders or sure like something like that um to take your chances there but i mean what final fantasy does just uh, it's really neat to see the different changes that can come each title and you get something unexpected or uh, or possibly great like it's it's taking a bigger chance so compared mm-hmm. to Dragon Quest where you're just maybe it's more of the same I mean if the same is great that's fine but eventually it will grow old with people mm-hmm. uh, like my point is the Yaxa series I want to try the new one and see what's different with it because I hear it's like a much different structure well the old ones I kind of got tired of up to a point so because they they changed the story mostly, but not really too much with the gameplay. I see. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it you need both. That's the thing. You need somebody consistent and iterate on the stuff that's already come before, and you need somebody experiment. Like, if there was no experimentation, we wouldn't have Resident Evil Four. If there was no experimentation, yeah, exactly. if we go to Final Fantasy, we wouldn't have the active time battle system. Um, that you you need to have those innovations in order to keep them going. But I don't know if a series needs to constantly reinvent itself i think it needs some time and final fantasy used to have that timing pretty well uh especially like you know you have the first three games and each one introduced something a little different they were sort of trying to find their footing and then with four they introduced the active time battle system and uh you know the the more story-based approach uh and then they took a different direction to see like okay let's go more gameplay focus this time with five and bring back the uh job system and really iterate on that and it felt like each time uh final fantasy was just taking these ideas from that they had before and seeing if they can improve upon them like every other game until we got a little further on where the development cycle was a lot longer and they decided like let's really experiment with this and see what we come up with and uh you know i've I've not played a lot of final fantasy 15 myself but it seems like seven remake is almost an iteration upon that gameplay wise at least combat wise and I love that battle system. So thank you for that iteration. Thank you for staying consistent <laughs> with it. But then you have, again, I mentioned Sonic with the like experimenting for experimenting's sake, where they can hit upon this really good idea with like the boost formula that did very well for them, uh, especially with them nailing it in Sonic Generations. What did they do after Generations? They threw it all out and decided to do Lost World with a completely different setup. And Lost World's fine. But yeah. they had this opportunity to really uh, iterate on it, and by the time they come back to it, they have a completely different team that are not ready to re- uh, that aren't used to it, and we end up with with forces. And it just seems like 
if you're trying to innovate for innovation's sake, you're not going to get much. And again, look at Star Fox. He's trying to reinvent a wheel with zero, and a lot of people yeah. did not like that direction. And, and what's Sunshine. so yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mario. What's so interesting is that, that Star Fox tried to reinvent the wheel by being as safe as possible, and you know, basically being Star Fox sixty four Redux, and that was not necessarily what people wanted. And so it's interesting that you can actually do both and still not quite come up with the right formula. And I think you mentioned Sonic, and I think Sonic teams in this weird place where I like I'll never understand it, but they they seem to not understand their own when when they hit on something really good. They don't seem to be able to perceive that they've hit on something really good, and double down on that. Like as you said, Sonic Generation, like they they had something going with Unleashed and Generations uh, with the Boost formula, and people really liked it. But I almost feel like they didn't understand why people liked it, which is what resulted in Forces. And it's just they don't seem. And then that, like with Mania, I'm not saying we had to have Mania two by now, but we haven't heard anything on that front and given the tremendously hugely positive response mania got it was exactly what people wanted for decades now and they seem surprised by that like in interviews with sonic team about mania they consistently are surprised like oh wow the fan response was not what we expected to sonic mania and it's like how are you not paying attention mm-hmm. that's exactly what people have said they've wanted forever and now we've heard nothing about a sequel i'm sure it's coming but it's just weird that they don't seem to quite understand why people love the best parts of their games. It's very weird. Yeah, quite strange. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Tom, what is your topic? Okay, I'll just scroll down. Mine <laughs> is from Calum Beckinsale. He says, Hey guys, thoughts on gameplay being shown in trailers and how much is enough or too little? The Xbox event last night was quite disappointing to me since some of the games looked interesting, but without gameplay, I find it hard to care. I personally think at least some basic communication of genre and style needs to be communicated, at least for a new title and not a direct sequel, but trailers like Rare's new game Everwild are frustrating, like we mentioned earlier, (laughs) uh, because while it looks pretty, I still have no idea what the actual game is. Why should I be excited for a game when all you've shown me is a short movie? I remember thinking the same thing when Sonic Forces was first announced. And so that's where he ends. I don't remember what Sonic Forces was like at first, but at the same time, some people need trailers with not much information shown so they can analyze them and make a living. But, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I would... I, I always... You can have your trailer with your movie presentation and stuff, but I, I always... Let's say if this trailer was a minute... I would love like the last 10 seconds or 15 seconds somewhere in there to at least show some montage of gameplay to get an idea of the game. Uh, there, there have been a lot of games recently, even some small indie ones where it's like, I think in the PlayStation one, they had one that looked like a dinosaur cartoon show and there's a band and stuff. And it's like, what's the game idea? Who knows? Oh, uh, you mean pro- that was yeah? What was that called? It looked cool, but oh, the, yeah, something like Army uh, Meteor High or Armageddon High. Yeah. Or it was like high. Goodbye like, Something High, Goodbye Volcano High. Volcano I think High is what it's so called. Probably yeah. a meteor will strike, and it's like building up that moment. I think almost <laughs> I'll never forget Mask Way, but mm. <laughs> uh, it's probably going to be an RPG like Night in the Woods or something. But we don't know for sure. Uh, when when my wife and I were watching the PS5 event together, we, we were, I was rewatching it and then watching it with her. 
And when, when she saw Goodbye Volcano High, her, re, her reaction was, what in the hipster is this? And that was <laughs> that per- perfectly sums up what that yeah. game seems to be all about. And not that there's anything wrong with hipsters, but that, that, was a, that was one of the most hipster game trailers I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it's a, uh, it's a tricky thing because I think that movie-only trailers can work. And still mm-hmm. get you excited and you not be upset about it, but it has to be more of a known quantity. Like you see a movie trailer for, a more movieish trailer for some new game uh, coming out, and you it's a like the third sequel or whatever, and you're like, okay, this is a known quantity. I know what I want. It's getting more of it. Awesome. Let's 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 be hyped. I mean, that's why I was excited for just a little tease of Kingdom Hearts three uh, back in the day. We got no yeah. gameplay in that, but it was the fact that but it was you don't, yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah, we we kind of knew what we were getting. Yeah, we had an idea of what to expect at least at that point. Uh, especially at least when it's debuted. I'm a little bit more forgetting when it's debuted, but especially when it's more out there with its uh, ideas, I feel like gameplay is necessary just to give a, a, a have a kind of grounding element for players to know what to kind of latch on to. Because I, I I think the medium was shown before, but I don't remember much of it. But now I have it way more in my head because of that dual screen mechanic and just the craziness of all that going on. And that looks way more interesting to me. And I think just having, as PS5 showed, they showed a lot of new uh, IPs, but a lot of them also showed gameplay, which gave me an idea like, okay, this is what I can expect. This is what I can hope for and go based off of. And... No, I I didn't get a lot of that. Like, Everwild, they showed four different characters. Does that mean there's multiplayer? I don't know. Is this like uh, yeah. fantasy? Um, oh, what's their other their pirate game? <laughs> the fantasy the pirate sea game. Of thieves. Oh, sea of yeah. thieves. Yeah, is it fantasy Sea of Thieves? I don't know. That's. I got the impression it will be like a four player online game, but you don't know though for sure. Like it could just be that's your party and you go around. Like, mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I wasn't too upset yeah. with Fable. Like the fact that a new Fable game is coming is think is probably enough for most of the players. But I'm also like Fable's a kind of an inconsistent series from the best I've heard. I've not played it myself, but and mm-hmm. I don't know the reaction. But yeah, that's one I think can kind of get away with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you know we, we kind of mentioned or, or covered this in the news topics as well. But I I agree that I think both approaches can work. Uh, but as you said, Derek, I think that to go the full CG route and not show gameplay, you have to, you know, be dealing with a more known quantity. Kingdom Hearts 3 was a perfect example. I know what I'm getting Kingdom Hearts gameplay-wise. I want to know what's happening story-wise. So (laughs) I think, you know, that can work. Same thing with a game like FF7 Remake. That's a little bit more down the middle because people were wondering for a long time what the gameplay was going to turn out to be like in terms of the battle system. But also people just wanted to return to that world and see it in glorious 2020 high-definition visuals. So you can get away with it. Um, but yeah, with games that you don't know what you're getting, especially new IPs, you got to show gameplay. And I think even more so, unfortunately, it may not be fair, but I think even more so when you're debuting on, on new hardware, when it's a new generation of hardware, I think you're even more under the gun to show gameplay because, because people want to see what it's capable of. People want to see what these systems can do. And so I think you're kind of getting a double negative there when you not only fail to show gameplay to get people interested in your game, but also I think people are more annoyed when they don't see gameplay for a game that's on a new and upcoming system because they just want that newness aspect. Yeah. And a CG trailer doesn't communicate that. 
Um, on the other hand, I know that at least for me personally, I've had one, at least one experience that I can think of where a completely full CG trailer for a game that I didn't know what I was getting with gameplay-wise was still enough for me to just completely pull me in and I had to play that game. And I'm talking about Deus Ex Human Revolution. I wanted to play that game solely based on the original E3 trailer, which I still think is one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. And I had no idea initially what kind of game it was. Turns out it was a first-person shooter-slash-stealth game. Two genres I happen to hate, but... (laughs) That that story trailer just drew me into the world so much. I had to know what was going to happen. I had to see more of this world. And hey, it turns out that even though I don't usually like those genres, I really enjoyed playing this game. So sometimes a full CG trailer is enough to pull you into a game, even if you don't know what you're getting on the gameplay side. But I think generally you you need to show gameplay if you're working with a new IP or an a, you know a, mm. a, a type of game that hasn't been established. I still remember like it's not a trailer. Well, it's, yeah, it's not a trailer, but I still remember the um, Mad World TV spot for uh, Gears oh, of yeah. War. That God, yeah. that pulled me in. <laughs> yeah, really oh, good one. I got it. Like I have to see more of this. This looks insane. And granted, yeah. I was college, so they probably had more to do with it as well. But effective. That one, though, being. You kind of knew it was a shooter game, and mm-hmm. it gave you an idea of what the gameplay would be like. That is true. Too. That is That's true. true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times anymore, it's like they'll, you maybe have an idea what the gameplay is going to be like, but you're also not fully sure what it's actually going to entail. It, I, yeah. I guess they're trying to hook us in to make it memorable, like have the different hooks in the trailer, but at the same time, uh, want us to wonder more to look forward to future announcements it's just hard to always hit that correctly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it's tough but i generally new ip bring give me gameplay <laughs> yep. right all right ash let's get back to your topic <laughs> all right so my topic uh this week comes from Braden kulk Bryden Kalk, I hope I got your name right, um, what, and he, uh, he or she they say, which do you like better, hot or cold drinks? So we had two really big, heavy game, you know, game-centric questions, so I figure <laughs> let's just do a fun, silly one, and so yeah, hot or cold drinks? Uh, I like both, of course, but I tend to, to trend toward cold drinks. Um, as you guys know, iced coffee is like my favorite drink in the world, so, you know, and I just like cold stuff. I like cold weather, I like ice, I like cold drinks, I like snow, you know, so I'm definitely just gonna have to trend toward cold drinks, but there are certain things that I do like, uh, that I do enjoy hot more, like, uh, I'm gonna sound super hipster here, but chai tea lattes, I think they're much (laughs) better hot than they are cold, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other, other examples of something I like hot more than cold, but it really is mostly cold drinks for me, but what about you guys? Pretty much the same, like, I'm just trying to think here, like, what, hot drinks do I uh, drink and it's always comes back to just hot chocolate which is nice I really enjoy it but I only have it a certain time of year so the rest is yeah. all just like iced tea uh, cold water uh, back in the day soda you know not really yeah. any hot drinks and I don't drink hot tea I think if I think you have to be more of a fan of uh, hot tea if you want to get into hot drinks more that's and, probably yeah that's true yeah 
So um, yeah. I know for my uh, well, I, one another one is uh, my family tent will make apple cider for the holidays, like oh, nice. uh, like hmm. spiced apple cider, and that's really good. And it's of course that's hot, and you can drink it cold, but True. I think it's much better hot. So that's another one that I'll say I like the hot version more. But yeah, generally I prefer cold drinks. Nice. Um, um, for me, yeah, what about for you, me as a kid, it was always like uh, Coke or Slurpees. Um, <laughs> I did like hot chocolate, um, but then all those turned out to be bad for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, tend to do that. <laughs> so I don't really drink Coke anymore, uh, just on occasion. Yeah. And um, I guess I've gravitated more to hot drinks uh, with coffee at my old work there was like a starbucks machine in there that would grind the beans and stuff so it was pretty nice coffee to have in the mornings um and i guess being in canada with my wall my 10 foot wall of snow at the border (laughs) there for you guys uh it's uh usually a bit cooler here than when where you two are so usually hot drinks now but i do when I'm in the States, I do like Phil's uh, iced coffee for sure. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm trying to think if I enjoyed the hot or cold butterbeer more at Universal. Um, <laughs> I think it was kind of chilly at the time. No, wait, was it? No, no, definitely the cold one. It was in summer, so definitely the cool yeah. uh, butterbeer. I like the cold, the cold non-blended uh, like butterbeer when it's just like the cold... It's not like the the frothy one. It's just yeah. straight cold butter beer, and it has that kind of that carbonated kick to it. That's yeah. definitely my favorite butter beer. Nice. Um, and then I we, I also had kind of one more mini topic, just because it's such a quick uh, quick one to answer. But Mark Cole, uh, reposting from last week, asks us as someone who just turned fifty earlier this year, my earliest games were played on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, a TRS Eighty, and in the arcades. So what were your earliest gaming systems? Make an old man feel even older. <laughs> so thank you for that, Mark. And it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to know that we've got a fifty year old fan. I think it's really cool. So mm-hmm. um, what about you guys? What you what were your first consoles? Uh, it was the NES. Uh, that my yeah. my dad did have a Atari twenty six hundred. So I did get to play yeah. that when I was a kid. But for the most part, it was NES. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tom? ColecoVision. Ooh. Nice, nice. So uh, Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. are on that. There was this Lowly Worm game. Uh, there was Buck Rogers and the Planet of Doom being like a pseudo 3D space game and a few other ones. Some were very terrible. <laughs> a tape drive, discs, or cartridges. Wow. Nice. Um, I'm the same as Derek, NES. So I started with the NES when I was about four years old. Um, and then just, you know, my first handheld was, of course, a regular, you know, original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have played stuff since from before the NES era, you know, like Atari 2600, ColecoVision, uh, you know, obviously. But, uh, no, I, I personally started with the NES, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, it's a good system to start out with, <laughs> I'd yeah. say. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our game from this week. And this time we're getting uh, it from Azran127 says, Greetings, greetings, explainer of games. In order to broaden the potential appeal of my games, I've created a document in which you can choose from a number of ideas. 
I've devised uh, kind of like a level select screen. This week, the selection includes not only the Mad Libs I was proposing for the past few weeks, but also the newly created Word Chain Attack game, a take on the classic Word Chain, Chain Challenge, as well as Now It's Rhyme Time, a quiz in which every answer has a rhyme. If you're interested in any of these game ideas, uh, courtesy of Fun with Azran Enterprises, trademark pending, simply use this uh, this link to access it. So, uh, yeah, we were looking through here um, just to see uh, what we could uh, pretty easily do. Um, and I think we decided on now it's rhyme time over uh, Word Chain Attack, right? Yeah. Right. Now, yeah, now it's rhyme time, and I <clears throat> I have to just give Azran a call out here. I guess it's because I'm in Xenoblade mode already, but I got a really good chuckle out of this just now, because it says now it's rhyme time, and mm-hmm. it has a picture of Rhyme, who, of course, it's always rhyme time. It's never not <laughs> rhyme time, so right. <laughs> well so, played, Azran. According to him, the goal of this game is to guess what rhyming phase fits the description. The first GXer to guess the phrase gets a point. Note, if someone has... I guess they will need to check the answer, thereby forfeiting the right to guess again on that question. At least one part of each phrase will be a character, location, or item from a video game. Note, most rhymes will be multi-syllabic. Multi, uh, uh, short and sweet instructions complete. Have fun run. Uh, use sense of a gun. Let's see who's won when it's done. You're a good writer. <laughs> so, wow. exa- so, for example, uh, question. What do you call it when someone proposes the idea for Nintendo's most recent console? A Switch pitch. Okay. So, uh, we'll see how this goes. This is a little Hopefully different. Hopefully we but... don't completely bungle this game, but we'll see. We're going we're gonna to do our best. Yeah. All right. Question one. What do you call it when the arms commentator has his face etched into a mountainside? Uh, um... Oh, I think I... I think mm. I have it. All right. I'll wait, wait uh, let's like, think of one and then I'll like if you guys have it I'll um like do I I don't know if we like enter in or we like each call out like one says and then go yeah, around I think you can enter in just go like ding ding okay <laughs> yeah I guess okay. I'll go for it a biff cliff yeah oh it's probably yeah, is what yeah I'm, I'm yeah, gonna say I was I'm gonna say it's a biff cliff action of etching I Unless think you guys right. I was thinking idea. of the actual action of etching um, I I think you're right with Biffcliff. I I can't think of anything else. All right, it yeah. is. I was right. A Biffcliff. Nice. Nice. I, I was too focused on the actual etching part. Be lazy from here on out. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Question two: What do you call it when a fire when a protagonist of Fire Emblem Gaiden is relaxing? Uh I, oh! Ding ding ding! Okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, calm Alm. Oh, that's a good one. I was like trying to figure yeah, out how to do we'll all. See if I'm right. You can't really rhyme with Celica. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and answer is a calm alm. Yes. Nice. 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 All right. Question three. What do you call the land of Kanto after it's been infested by the summons from Astral Chain? Oh, God, man. What are those things played... called? Oh. I haven't played Astral Chain. What the heck are they called? Um... I know. I just I, I knew this at one point what they were called. Ugh. Yeah, it's been a while. Um Oh god, what is it? I can't remember what they're called. I can't either. We might have to just call this a loss cuz I'm I am blanking. Oh, that is safe. Yeah, what do you call the land of Kanto after it's been oh. infested by the summons from Astral Chain? I, I'm gonna. 
I think and I know. They're called Legion, and I'm going to call it a Legion region. Ah, uh, you got it just yes. I me. think you're right. I think yeah, they are I called Legion. Right. Yes, a Legion region. region. Nice. Yes. Good nice job, Tom. Region. Saying the region in the question and kind of made me think. And these, the way they they're shaped, it's uh-huh. that's what it reminded me of. I remembered yeah. Legion a half second too late. Yeah, I could not remember <laughs> Legion at all. Yeah. All right. What do you call a Pikmin captain who's been gobbled up by the native fauna as though he's taffy? Hmm. Uh, best I got is gooey Louie. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Damn it. I'm pretty sure you're right. We, we, do, we have to do the ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. Derek I forgot the ding, ding, first, ding. So uh, I think, Derek, you probably got this one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Oh, I was wrong. All right. Oh, okay. I've already looked at it, so I will give go. you guys a chance. Yeah. Okay, so if it's not Gooey Lou, let's see. Um, I'll I'll read it again just so you uh, have it. What do you call a Pikmin captain who's been who's being gobbled up by the native fauna as though he's taffy? I I can't I don't know I can't think of this one. Well, okay, ding ding. All right. Nice. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but I think he said it. Uh, Chewy Louie? Yes, Chewy Louie. Oh, nice. Okay. I was thinking like sense. he was already like covered in slo- slobber, not the actual yeah. act of chewing. So. Yeah, you were very close. I-, I was thinking Louie was the wrong part after you were got it wrong, Derek. So I was like, oh, how do you rhyme with Brittany, though? And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Nice. A Brittany. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, number five. What do you call a recurring Kirby enemy that's just enjoying himself since he's since he's such a fun guy? Oh man! What do you call see. a recurring Kirby enemy that's just enjoying himself since he's such a fun guy? Oh, I I think I know which enemy they're talking about, and I can't remember his name. Enjoy I don't know himself. if I. Oh, I don't know if I know ding, which ding, ding. they're talking about. I think I got it. Okay, a happy cappy. Probably. You can check and see. Yes. Happy Cappy. Nice. All right. Cool. <laughs> Is somebody keeping track, right. by the way? Yeah. Uh, so uh, you. Oh, I have been. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Derek, you, you and Tom are tied with two, and I have one. All right. Number six. What do you call it when Champion Link has to platform across the bodies of water in the world of Xenoblade Chronicles? Um. Hmm. Oh. Uh, wow. Say ding ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May I say it again, Derek. What do you call it when Champion Link has to platform across the bodies of water in the world of Xenoblade Chronicles? God, I feel like I'm on the cusp of something, but I'm not quite. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I got it. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Oh. Cryonis Bionis. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give it to you really because it's Bionis Cryonis, but it's same. You got it. You got the right. Oh, okay, cool. Well done, cool. Ash. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. That's wow. All right. Number seven. What do you call it when the blue bomber's arch enemy is running away from him at incredible speed? I know, I know the one. one I know one of yeah, them. Yeah, I know exactly. I know obviously the one yeah. part of it, but 
Um, Incredible speed, running away. Think of I can't think of a word that would go. With I know that. that's what I'm having trouble with. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm drawing a blank because I know one, but Same. I don't know the other. Yeah, I can't think of one. I, I'm calling of, of a word that would go with that. Getting a blank. I don't. I don't want it to be just completely silent. So yeah, yeah. Is, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, take the L on this one. Oh, a spryly wily. Okay, but I feel like that's stretching spry. Yeah, I feel like a spryly wily. I feel like wily would be spry, and he might run spryly, maybe. I think it's okay that we didn't get that one. I'm going to give a, give ourselves a pass on that one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. What do you call someone from a race of beings that are careful spenders with their gill with their gill coins? Uh... Oh, ding ding ding. Yeah. Frugal Moogle. Nice. <laughs> it is a frugal Moogle. Uh, uh, very well done. Frugal Moogle. I love it. That is really good. <laughs> All right. Number nine. What do you call it when one quarter of a... What, ah, let me try again. What do you call it when one quarter of a Tetris block is themed after everyone's favorite warrior from Star from Star Road? Uh, ding, ding, ding. Go for it. I think. Tetramino Gino. Oh, yeah. A, a Gino Mino. So, close enough. Gino Mino. Do I get that? Okay, fair I'm enough. Give, I'm giving that to you. Yeah, you get that one. I mean, he, right, cool. he, he did say one quarter, so I guess one quarter of a tetramino is amino, but I'm still giving it to you. All right. Cool, cool. All right. Number 10. What do you call the stuff Detective Gumshoe throws in honor of Phoenix Wright defending the mole who gave... Oh, boy, this is, a, this is a mouthful. Yeah. What do you call the stuff Detective Gumshoe throws in honor of, def- of Phoenix Wright defending the mole who garnered complaints from the parents of scared children everywhere? Let me read that again. Not- what do you call the stuff Detective Gumshoe throws in honor of Phoenix Wright defending the mole who garnered complaints from the parents of scared children any- everywhere? I have no idea on this one. Defending the mole. I'm. Yeah, I, 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 I have I, no idea, Tom. I, I no idea. Nope, nothing. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Rossetti confetti. Okay. okay. I see. Okay. I, I, I oh, thought it might tough. be Rossetti. I thought it might be Rossetti, but I, I forgot the name. Well, I, I knew what mole he was referring to, but I forgot his name because I don't know Animal Crossing. Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking of Rossetti. I'm like Monty Mole. Like, yeah. What are we? Mm-hmm. Doing? What? Okay. I knew nice. it was Animal Crossing, but I forgot his name. So, whoops. Okay. Anyway, number eleven. What do you call an advertisement for a Professor Layton game? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
man. I'm like trying to go by, based off like Clue, but I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, what rhymes with Clue, basically? I was also trying to think of puzzle, but like. Yeah. Well, I'm stumped. That's... Yeah, I was saying. No idea what would rhyme with puzzle or Clue. A Herschel uh, commercial. Oh. Wow. Wow. That's that's really hard. A yeah, that's a, that's a deep cut. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Number 12. What do you call it when Vendi from Ukulele creates a concoction using Mushroom Kingdom Sea Life and all seven of the Chaos Emeralds? Is this three words? I don't think so. Uh, oh, I got tonic? it. Oh, uh, ding, ding, ding. Sorry, I didn't go ding, ding, ding. Uh, wait, so who answers? I don't know because Tom kind of said it, but then you said you got it. Were you thinking the same thing he just said? I didn't hear what he just said. Okay, well you. All you, right, you I will give there. it to both of you if you if you get it right. Okay. So what do you? I I was gonna say a super blooper. No, well, that, I think that has a better chance. So okay. Uh, what what was yours, Tom? I said a sonic tonic. So the thing okay. is, you're both kind of right, but you're also both kind of wrong. But I also think <laughs> really? this is kind of a mouthful. It's a okay. supersonic blooper tonic. Oh wow! See, I was oh, interesting. Three or more words. Uh, this is Alex Trebek wouldn't give us these points, but probably not. not. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think this counts as, if anything? I mean, I guess it does, did take the three elements, so it was tonic. Yeah. It was a blooper. The problem is, blooper didn't rhyme with anything. That's where I got held up with. And I was thinking cheap, cheap. I'm like, that doesn't rhyme with Sonic or anything like that. <laughs> well, yeah. So I said Super Blooper and you said Sonic Tonic. They're, yeah, they're both part of the right answer. Mm-hmm. We each get half a point, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We could. I guess, yeah, do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. We'll do half a point each then. There you go. All right. All right. 13. What do you call a fruit from Super Mario Sunshine that's found its way deep into an area from the 2D Metroid games? What are those fruits in Mario Sunshine called? I forget what they are. Yeah, me too. Oh, I got it. A Turian yeah, okay. Durian. Nice. And it is, yep, a Turian Durian. I did nice. I did not remember there being durians in uh Sunshine. Nice. I was just thinking of like going through the the Metroid areas. <laughs> so I was like, uh-huh. which one is <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's way a good good way to do it. Yeah. All right, number 14. What do you call someone in the age demographic of Marvel's Spider-Man? Hold on. What do you call someone in the age demographic of Marvel's Spider-Man sings in the key of the original Super Mario Brothers ground theme? Oh, I think man. it's what do you call uh, someone who in, in the age demographic of Marvel's Super Spider-Man who sings in the key of the original of the original Super Mario Brothers ground theme? Like the, the 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 tough part is, of course, I know you know the ground theme. I mean, I'll know it forever, but I don't know the key necessarily that that it's in. Uh, I'm I'm I have no idea on this one. Yeah, it'd be like rhyming with a letter. So that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Ah, I I'm, I'm I have no idea on this one. All right, it is. I'd wager you'd call them a C major teenager. Wow. So a C major teenager. I, I would not have gotten I, I, that. I would never have gotten that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't just, know that yeah. Mario's ground theme was in a C major. <laughs> Same. I, I think that they, they kind of requires minors. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nice. 
right. What's the, what's the score right now? Because I think 15 is the uh, the last one. Okay. So right now, Derek, you are uh, just barely in the lead with four. Uh, I have 3.5, and Tom, you have 2.5. All right. Yay. Here we go. 15. What do you call it when the sushi striker protagonist is unsure... Uh, is unsure whether or not to eat sushi made from a school of Alolan fish. Well, this uh, would require that I remember what sushi fortu- striker protagonist's name is. Fortunately, I do know that. Ding, ding, oh, ding. Oh, nice. Okay. It's, yeah. um, it's, uh, Musashi Wishy Washy. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's really good. So. I, I'm impressed by how quickly oh, yeah. you got that. Oh, wish, wishy washy Musashi. I happen to remember That's Musashi, cool. and I'm like, man, Ash would get this if he knew about if he if it was a reference to Brave Fencer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Man, that was really. Good. Do we want to do this bonus mega rhyme just for fun? I guess we can. So All the right. answer is a string of six rhyming words. Let's say Jeez. a certain GXer joined in Nintendo's family of primates, got his image on a thin yet oddly durable piece of underwear, then he lost it and hasn't found it in a while. What would we call that? <laughs> what? Oh, uh, but it's six words? It's six rhyming words. I know four, but... No, you do? Nice. I'm not sure. I know some of the references to them, but I'm not sure on others. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I haven't gotten as far as you guys have even. Tell me what you got, John, uh, Tom, because I'm, I'm, I'm got a blank. I'm going to okay, I'll say John Kong Thong Gone. Okay. But John doesn't rhyme with Kong, though. Oh, I guess. Well, let's I, see. Gu- I guess they're kind of... Um, they're kind of stretching it, but yeah, it's a it, oh. it is a strong John Kong Thong long gone. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna call BS on that one just because John does not rhyme with strong yeah. or Kong. I mean, he rhymes with gone, I guess, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's still very creative. Yeah, and this is a great game. Yeah, that was that was definitely made me think more than a lot of others because it felt like I could yeah. get the answer sometimes, but I just had to like. Think of the rhyme. Ew, thinking. Who does that? Yeah, exactly. I think we all did pretty well, though, considering it wasn't a multiple choice one. So. Yeah, that's the other impressive one. Yeah. We couldn't, like, tie it up. We actually had to, like, claim an answer for ourselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Azran, for that question. And I guess that'll probably wrap it up for episode 199 of the uh, Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, thank you all so much for listening. And if you want to support the podcast, you can... Uh, uh, become a patron of ours over on Patreon uh, for just $1 a month. Get these podcasts uh, usually three days every early every Friday, as well as offering up topics in the games like we like the ones we have here and access to our VIP room in our Discord. And for $5 a month, uh, you can take part in all of our fun game club shenanigans where uh, we you know take part in the live streams, watch us play the game, uh, get the finished version early, all that fun stuff. Take part in the uh, voting Again, all that fun stuff early. So thank you so much for uh, listening, and we'll see you next week for the big episode 200. Till then, bye.